0: Yeah. Cool. Hello, Luke Anthony. I tell you what, I fucking love your drummer. He's the first Cockney brummy I've ever met. Quote, Shea Kids in Glass Houses. <laughs> <laughs> or it might have been Mahanty. <laughs>
1: yeah. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row?
2: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
3: You're listening
4: to Sapman Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin. You are listening to episode 72 of Sapin Podcast with Sean Smith and my good friend, who's very, very far away, <laughs> Morgan. Richard.
3: Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards. It's episode seventy-two. As Sean said, we're in isolation and miles away, but this episode contains rhythms of uh, substance no, no. in this
4: weird time. Yep, I, knew- <laughs> I forgot, but he did it anyway. It's been so long since we recorded. I didn't even think about the pun, of course. But yes, this week's episode is Luke. I hate the nickname Jocko Johnson. From Low Life.
3: Yes, one of my favourite humans and
4: drummers of all time. Yes, what a drummer, what a human, absolutely delightful, delightful chap. Also covered in tattoos. He is,
3: he's a very inked man, let's say.
4: He's, he is. <laughs>
3: um, but yeah, of course, he's such a detrimental drummer. <laughs> Whoa! To oh, what? Detrimental. Important, important drummer. <laughs>
1: Steve at
3: it, yes. <laughs> yeah, you are right. No, but it's there such you. a poor drummer to to our singer. If a lot of people, if people somehow unaware, look, has been in some of the maddest bands ever.
4: Yes, he's been in um, Amen. Who, uh, if some of you are lucky enough to know Amen, know they were chaos. I only remember that he in Amen towards the end of the interview, so we have to do a part two with Jock, over when he talks about the Amen days because I bet. I bet he's seen some really crazy shit.
3: Yeah, but of course he talks about his time in Lost Profits and how that ended, the starting of No Devotion. His new band Low Lives now we have just put out a new single. Um, The old days of Beat Union, Session Drumming, Tekken for AFI, Panic at the Disco and Alexis on Fire, Mad Auditions, Being a Father, Moving to the States and so much more.
4: Yes, absolutely thrilling story. It was amazing to see him. We went to Bristol um, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, his band Low Legs were on tour with New Year's Day. Yeah, it was so good to see him again, have a big hug, and um, yeah, just reminisce. And then just hearing stories coming out of his mouth that I'd never heard. But when he mentions about Darian, or Darren, or whatever his name is from System of Down. That's my mind exploding from, diff- from a distance mode.
3: Yeah, and literally you tell some incredible heartfelt stories of some of his fondest times touring with Lost Profits and yeah. how we really got into the band and, and really what that did for his life because you know, he met his wife and all that through becoming a member of Profits Everything.
4: Nice. Awesome. Yeah, it was a fantastic chat and uh, they, were, they were excellent as well. So if you haven't checked out Low Lives, make sure you do. I will be adding... Low lives to the sapman podcast guest playlist um which is available online as well so yeah definitely check out Low lives they are awesome
3: yes and of course they just put out a new single and hey you and go back and check out their burn forever ep that came out back in 2018 as well and uh, luke's going to tell us all about new music they've got on the horizon yes but yeah, of course, it was great just to catch up with him. He's a man that both Sean and I have had the pleasure of spending many a time with in the past. So it was just a brilliant catch up. Dives into all these incredible stories. And I'm very excited to have him now on episode seventy two of Sapnin Podcast.
4: Yes, yes, yes. If you um, just che- I just want to check in that everybody's okay at these times, please. Um, I know we're all going through absolutely insane times. And things we never expected to go through like two months ago. So um, yeah, I just want to say if anybody's having a, a tough time or wants to chat or whatever, get in touch with us at Happening Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And um, yeah, we'll message you back as soon as we can and stuff. And let's have a chat because I understand this. It's not easy for everyone, and our minds are all wandering, and we're all uh, we're all going a bit daft.
3: Oh yeah, for sure trying to sort out how we can do this remotely is being an interesting one, but we're here.
4: We are here, yes. Thank Sp- God we've made it.
3: But as Sean said, if anyone uh, needs a chat or catch-up or just some entertainment to take your mind off of things, of course, follow us on the social media platforms at Sappening Pod, and Sean's going to tell you how to spell
4: it. At S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. That's at the A with a circle around it. Then an S, that's like a snake. A for Apple. P for pineapple. P for pineapple. Why did I do apple and pineapple? R-S-A-W-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D-E sorry about that got there in the end
3: amazing yes, uh, and of course if you're checking things out please head over to our Patreon page patreon.com forward slash sapnin uh, and Woo! check out our loving community in, in these weird times as well it's been absolutely amazing to see how people have been getting involved with each other because any tier um, gets you into this group that we've created it has become such a mad community and they've all just interacted with each other setting up zoom calls just hanging out every day telling jokes everything it's just been great to see over the last couple of weeks and i just want to give a massive shout out to everyone who is a patron. so please go and check it out at patreon.com forward slash
4: yes thank you very much to those people just when you think like every week we say oh blown away we are by the community but every week it gets stronger and something awesome comes from it so yeah we all had a bit of a zoom last week a zoom meeting that was quite nice and uh, yeah we tried to get together for WrestleMania. I couldn't get a WWE network to work. Oh. But a bunch of people got together and some people watched wrestling for the first time. And it is possibly the worst time ever to <laughs> watch wrestling for the first time because it's all about crowds.
3: Yeah, but also, like, I had people message me saying how thankful they were for the group because, like, this was going to be the first time in years that they were going to watch wrestling or anything like this on their own and instead they were just like with 20 people just watching it all together having a laugh and a good time so
4: it's awesome it's absolutely mind-blowing so thank you very much for all being special special angels sent from heaven
3: oh ain't that nice yes right then let's Stop this Zoom thing. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Luke's waiting. He's waiting to talk all about his mad career because he's a hell of a drummer, amazing person, an angel, and he's going to tell you everything about it now. Yes, he is. Sapnid! Sapnid!
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place.
2: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
5: What is
3: happening? Oh, oh no! That's, that's
5: wrong, minute! <sighs>
3: It's, it's not hot. cold water! Oh, Can we get
0: a hot 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 fucking hot take too? Sapnik! Hey, <laughs> yes. nice. How, how yes. was that sounding, Brummy, though? <laughs> Sup, dude. I, don't doing know, doing I Maybe pose? I should fucking Supply? It up in about that one <laughs> <laughs> But yeah okay, Swearing aloud Or swearing not aloud oh, Very you much you can to say encouraged. Okay. Encouraged. encouraged You can say pretty much encouraged. What you want To be honest Say <laughs> well, yeah. whatever
5: the fuck you want yeah. well, To a degree but you, know, <laughs> yeah. but you know yeah, Don't go mad on it um, yeah, <laughs> This week's <this> <laughs> guest Is drum legend Even yes. though we have just had a conversation Where he says He's not a drum shredder <laughs> But a hard hitter <laughs> <laughs> uh, Is the fantastic Luke Johnson Yes. Drum breaker,
0: breaker Drum of breaker. drums. <laughs>
5: yes, thank you so much yeah. for doing this. Cheers for taking the thank time. Thank you for
0: having me on. It's an absolute honour. Oh, it's no. actually one of my favourite podcasts. Oh. So thank you. Truth. No. You thank you. You can look at my podcast history if you want. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to. <laughs> After this, <how> <laughs> have a search. <laughs> Download
5: them. Download as <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, thank you for doing this. Yeah, um, no, cheers,
3: man. It's a pleasure to have you on. So thank you.
5: Yeah, you are currently on tour with uh, New Year's Day with your band, Low Lives. How's that gone so far? It's been wicked. Each show has
0: actually gotten a bit, um, like, we thought, man, this crowd is going to eat us up. After Leeds, it was like that first show of the tour where it was like, fuck me. These kids are fucking digging us. This is strange. Awesome. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It was very strange. And then, um, like, you know, first show of the tour, you're like thinking, oh, it's going to be a little bit of a shambles. So, fucking great. Nice. Southampton fucking great London set eight. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh and then you know we get as we've progressed we're like oh fucking Glasgow is going to be insane like fucking Birmingham is going to be insane and we've we've really had to work extra hard each night uh, more like the workload has increased each night to get them going so even Call Me A More the, the opener like they have a singer where he doesn't have an instrument so yeah. he's able to get in the crowd and like you know Wonder. and even they've like struggled you know what I mean? So it's uh it's gotten weird. It, I, I thought like the further into the tour it would just keep ramping up, but people are just like, "Yeah, you're all right."
5: <laughs> what is that
0: then? Do you think? Do you think that's- But then we do good and much, and people come up to us afterwards and like, "You guys are fucking wicked." So I'm like, "What's going on?" Yeah. To the point where you can establish that we were wicked. During the set and move your feet and jump yeah. up and down and make some noise. <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I
3: think it's just people these days. They don't put really effort into into much things. And they also days. think they're too cool to have fun. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true as well. Yeah, maybe. I mean,
0: their their audience. They definitely like they seem like a quite accepting audience i'm just like if sometimes the song that we open with is so aggressive that I, sometimes i'm wondering if we just have beaten them into submission before we've even started you know, <laughs> what know the i mean fuck? we're like Rah! and then we're like sing along to this one and they're like oh i'm scared <laughs> yeah so, but honestly it's been wicked uh, both the bands are awesome like we share a lot of uh, stuff with uh, these gentlemen just arriving outside actually they call me a more guys and uh, they're all like <laughs> they're nice. all a good bunch of lads so you know it's uh it's good vibes man nice no, that's, and that's awesome. all you can really ask for is oh, good vibes no it isn't good vibes and a great crowd and shitloads of merch sales is what you can ask for but you know <laughs> bare minimum good vibes Yeah, but you
3: seem to be enjoying it anyway I, mean. I am i live for this i mean yeah.
0: look you know going back to sort of like how things are in my life you know luckily my wife is super supportive i've got two kids so starting a band you know you're not going to make any money so it's like you know leaving the job that I left and and doing going back to a band and having the support of my wife and kids it's like you've got to be committed to you know I I decided what makes me happy in life you know what I mean outside the family so really it's playing shows creating recording you know doing that stuff and so I've had to figure out how to shoehorn that into my life you know what I mean so I don't care if we're playing like Shitholes to 50 kids that we've got to win over like it's playing and that's yeah. what matters you know I mean exactly, that's what I care about
5: exactly how I feel about it That's ex- I know that's, man that's Raiders are
0: gone. back it like you I feel like we're very aligned in this sort of mental space like you know you you brought Raiders out and listened to the tunes and stuff and then you ju- obviously just did that tour and whatnot um, and it, even Snars, like I follow Snars with Valhalla and see what he's doing with that and yeah. it's just like at some point like we've all been around long enough and you've been up there and you've had like great days <laughs> where there's just infinite rider budget where yeah. you can and make stupid demands, and you know we've all been in yep. the bottom where we get a pack of Walkers crisps and two open bottles of water yeah. for <laughs> stage hydration, <right? laughs> and so you know honestly I, it all changes all the time. And I had Liam Gallagher complaining the other week about like I remember when, and I'm like he's like he's making a cup of tea and he's like I remember when somebody used to do this for me, and I'm like yeah. Come on, man. You get your cups of tea made for you. Just do it yourself. Imagine, Don't your tea yeah.
5: bag. Fucking imagine our job, or I would. I what, would. Absolutely. I'd sell both of my bollocks, right? <laughs> to be Liam Gallagher's T Tech. T Tech. T Tech. T tech. Wow.
0: tech. I think we just invented a new job.
5: Yeah, who's th- I yeah, we're thirty years too
0: late, Fred. There's no money in tea yeah. teching anymore, is it? <laughs> teching was the first thing to get struck off the yeah. list. <laughs> You've got to go show Oh no way! Listen, man, we can only afford a drum tech, a bugle tech, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, chopping up yeah. the lines. Yeah. So, I to mean, so <laughs> chop it up. I had Stone Roses had a bugle tech with a tray behind the fucking bass amp, where the, the guy's job was solely just to chop up lines so everyone could come back and have a good old table ski mid show. Oh, you know? I don't I don't it. Wow.
3: <laughs> Whether yeah, it's
0: she, true
5: or not, I would love to believe that it's true. I saw. Snoop Snoop Dogg was advertising for a joint roller And I was like Who's Snoop Dogg? Snoop Dogg I was like <laughs> what? I think I'm to i LA Do you know I'll Matt imagine. Wilson
0: From Set Your Goals? Yes I So, think so yeah. he's a good mate of mine Matt actually was TMing Snoop Dogg for ages And I was like That must be the best fucking job in the world He said it was wicked
5: He yeah. said everything was can chill Do you imagine? Like not Yes Not super well but yeah. yeah You and him would get on like a fucking house on fire He, um, <laughs> he used to drive for Snoop Right, drive the buses or whatever. And he'd said every morning when he'd get up after driving all night, he'd get up in the morning, go to his driver's seat, be a ounce of weed on the seat. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just the extra, like, fucking golden hand hey, go and then he took him, Snoop Dogg took uh, Philly into Microsoft one day, because, like, Philly does, like, security and driving. I yeah. was like, Snoop Dogg, security. Took him into Microsoft. Microsoft was like, oh, you can have whatever you want, So He's like, oh, like, cool, I have an Xbox, all these games, all the controllers. And he went, um... <laughs> yeah and all of that Philly love the same and then <laughs> like something like oh, oh alright alright and you literally just give Philly give <laughs> wow. like a fucking it's next so up, cool
0: so dog. I love it when people just I don't know man like some people treat their crew or people that work for them like skivvies you know what I mean I've seen it happen yeah. um, many a time and then some people just some people get the fact that we're all people just doing yeah, jobs I mean. and it's different jobs you yeah. know what I mean and yeah. some people are doing like their dream job like Doing a tech job is not exactly like the worst job nope. that you could do. Yeah, you know I mean, it's like I've tech, I tech for AFI, I've tech for Panic at the Disco, I've tech for loads of bands, right? And it's <laughs> like this was after Last Profits so, as yeah. well, you know. And so people would be like, "What are you doing?" I'm teching, and they'd be like, uh, "Like almost like it was below them you know what I mean? So, so like, to be honest, yeah, I just feel like we're all people doing stuff, to and it's like you know, it's, it, some days you might be behind a drum kit doing your dream job, some yeah. other days you might have to do some other kind of work to pay the bills the yeah. fact mm. of life is you've got to pay bills oh, you, you yeah, I mean? worth even worth it. Stu talked about it on the episode Like yeah. people are like where's the fucking No Devotion album and he's like well <laughs> I've got to pay the bills yeah, and exactly. when I actually get a good streak of money in and I've got time to take off from needing to pay the bills yeah. like I'll fucking get the album mixed you know what I mean so it's like everyone's got to do it I just yeah, think there's just a conception that you're mega loaded if you do anything <laughs> where more than 150 people come to see you yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah that's that, exactly no, yeah. what it is yeah, yeah and I think that's true actually yeah Lots um, of people just get mad with
5: um with ideas in their heads. Yeah, but I've said this on the podcast before. It worked out. Like people I people shouldn't look down on tech jobs because no, literally no. if you were a tech for the blackout for twelve days in a row in a month, mm-hmm. you were earning more than I was in a month. That's facts. That's facts, man. So like We don't even have tech.
0: Like, no. I turn up to the venue every day and the people are like, Where, Where's your sound guy? And I'm like, Doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> the monitors, doesn't exist. Tour manager, that's me. You're the drummer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm the videographer too. I'm the driver. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, social, social media. So I'm shooting name. my own social media. You got, a, you got a stage tech? No, you're looking at the three of them there. Yeah. <laughs> it's <just> like <laughs> nothing, it. you know what I mean? But it's like whatever man like we'd kill for a tech right now one guy like if if anything like don't need the guy to drive we just need a guy that would changed the guitar for, like he's busted a string a couple I'm pointing at Lee by the way because we're in podcast oh, like, yeah, I'm really
3: pointing really at Lee <laughs> who's sat in the yeah.
0: um, so yeah like he's busted a couple strings a couple nights in a row you know and, and he's had to run across the stage but the problem is when you're the singer and you're leaving the mic stand and yeah. you've got a guitar on your neck it's a little difficult so
5: you know there's, there's just some so things you either need a guitar tech or singing tech who can sing singing tech sing for Lee. Lee. Well, <laughs> well, he's he's Lee changes <laughs> his role to tech for two minutes he just sings tech technical problems over and over <laughs> technical problems He's <laughs> gonna be right back <laughs> but yeah. you found him I'm here yeah. I'm coming on the rest of the tour <laughs> I'm here <laughs> I'm here <laughs> man. Wow. there's no inch in
0: my ear Mr. fucking Welsh boys man uh, like aw. Jamie me and Jamie used to have a thing right he'd be like come here I can't hear you <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> Over there Over here
5: <laughs> Whose coat is this jacket
0: it's over Aww. there by her? Shit like, myself oh. have you
3: <laughs> <laughs> Shit <laughs> myself
5: have you Man I miss it yeah. Over what, here What are the good Welsh ones are there? Um Who are you to me That's <laughs> that <laughs> Who are you to me <laughs> oh, Bert, Who are you to me Oh <laughs> 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 Who are you to me Who are you Not who are you <laughs> uh, Who are you <laughs> but to me, It's
0: oh. too good, man. It doesn't make it's sense. No, it doesn't. Oh, but oh, that's well, how we actually, are. That's how we I, are. I, I definitely, like, I mean, I, I was telling the lads a story the other day when when Profits did. I don't know if you remember when the Ryder Cup came to Wales. Yeah, oh, yeah. The
3: Millennium. Yeah. They had the massive yeah.
0: kickoff party at the Millennium Stadium. And so, like, we went down there and we had to do. I think we played one song. It was two times we played in the Millennium Stadium. One was New Zealand All Blacks, Wales, nice. right? and we played the half time but it was kind of top and tail so it was like all track not yeah. allowed to play ja- don't swear yeah. and Jamie went Wales what the fuck is that at <laughs> the and, and tail and then the whole day <laughs> was scared that like we were gonna get like blacklisted right? Like, because oh, it was live God. on the BBC <laughs> and then the, the time that I'm talking about with the Ryder Cup I think we actually played the song live we played one song and it was like mad because they were like you gotta get up on stage and we want you to sing the Welsh National Anthem and it's so, like obviously I'm a fucking Brit so I was oh. like fucking clanduiblevia i like, what am I singing, man? <laughs> so I, I was like, I literally had to stand on stage in front of Prince Charles, who was in the front row. I stood next <laughs> to Catherine <laughs> Zeta-Jones, right? I sat on That's like, amazing. Band, right? And I'm like, fucking, this is insane. Like, Shirley Bassey, like, Mike Lewis is, like, right next to Shirley Bassey. i like <laughs> <laughs> it's it, a fucking yeah. Oh, there's <laughs> an old man. <laughs> Come yeah. oh, yeah. Mike and <laughs> Shirley. <laughs> Bassey
5: sings the hardcore feature <laughs> of Mike
0: Lewis. <Gavis. laughs> it's so fucking funny. And I remember just being there. Like, my parents were there. And I was like, I am going to get fucking blasted, one, by Welsh people for the fact that I just kind of adge the Welsh national anthem. So my all, th- I'm not going to hear the end of this in the bus, right? And then two, all my fucking family would be like, what fucking you doing up there singing the Welsh national anthem? Like, and so I was like, man, I didn't leave it down. But awesomely, afterwards, uh, Prince Charles found out that profits were started through the Prince's Trust. And so he wanted to meet us, which was fucking like, what we're going to meet Prince Charles this is pretty bananas what's he going to be like so we had his security detail check us out in one of the tunnels and we're all stood in a line they're like right he's coming through now and he was like meeting everyone shaking everyone's hand and everyone's like talking to him and he came up to me and he went hey, you got some tattoos ain't you I was like yeah I was like many mistakes mate and he was like oh, what's it feel like and I was like I'm having this conversation about what does a tattoo feel like with Prince Charles reeked a whiskey I was like he's a proper lad He's is firm handshake I don't know what everyone talks about him being a soft lad he's fucking he had a proper good handshake his hands felt like leather I was like that's it a- as a boy yeah, yeah. so no. there's some working class hands in the royal family <laughs> there <isn't it? laughs> <laughs> It was great man. Nice. Oh, wow. Nice. There was one picture of that floating around a long time ago that's I think Karen Rutner took from like a side angle where you could kind of see us meeting him. Right. I'd kind of dis- yeah. disappeared into the ether. I like, I've I've wanted to get a hold of that photo for so long because I get, I get you it, know when it's so long something happens and you think like you told Did about the, you to, yeah, yeah, you exactly. told the story about like Pharrell like yeah. on the podcast mm. and I was like, I love that story. And you think after a while you're like did that happen or have I embellished that over time has time embellished that story you know what I mean (laughs) but yeah so I would love to get that photo again wow didn't expect that story yeah nobody, no, no
3: one expected that story fair play
0: sorry am I but taking this down the no, wrong no, way no no
3: that's what we love we love oh, it no. when things go unexpected I've never heard that before and I didn't <laughs> yeah. know that one so that's new
5: to me so <laughs> yeah, my quietness loads. is because I'm thinking about how mental our story is <laughs> yeah I just I, can't, I can't I just want Mike Lewis and Shirley I, 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 I just say
3: I want to see I want to see photos of Mike and Shirley just hanging out it, it was fucking mad it, I remember you can spot Mike Lewis I've looked on YouTube to
0: see if there's a video which I think it was just before the time where everyone was blasting with enough cell phones. Um so there is one really low res like two forty video on there, Ooh. but you can see Mike Lewis because he's wearing a red like sweater on stage he's got like the little collar on he's wearing like a red sort of pullover i think it might have been like we had stuff off ben sherman and fred perry at the time and he has this red sweater on and so that's how you can spot him in the in the Mm. lineup mike's favorite brands all came through the same thing he
5: loves it nice he
0: loves it i Uh, did hang out with mike we went for when i worked at headspace um we went for lunch he came into venice and we went for lunch and i hadn't seen him in a while and i don't know if you saw mike when he had that phase where he had the long hair i thought i was having dinner with jay mascus and i was like fuck me <laughs> i was like i was like fucking hell man i was like that fucking barnet's got real long because he always kept it well short yeah, like yeah. tidy he grew yeah. it out he looked wicked and uh yeah we had we had lunch but that's the last time i seen him and we've been threatening to hang out because now i live in i
5: yeah. <laughs> you
0: bastard! <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've been threatening to hang out for about i don't know about a year because every time i come into la it's, we're doing something with low life so we mm. do a rehearsal or whatever and then like it's you know he's obviously very busy now with the business yeah. so it's kind of like last minute so we'll we'll figure something out i did see the strife playing shows so i'm very likely to see him at a strife yeah, show nice. or the gorilla biscuit stuff that's coming around so maybe i should just get a ticket and assume he's going to be there yeah <laughs> oh yeah surprise him <laughs> in the pit just like
3: yeah. push yeah. him in he's not
5: kicking off <laughs> <laughs> wear your best shoes
3: <laughs> <laughs> your best
5: shoes yeah have his white
0: Raph simmons on White, he's white <laughs> Raf Simon and ducks. Oh, he's fucking wild Frit
3: <laughs> You know, as we mentioned, you're here on tour with Low Lives at the moment. How is everything in the camp of the band? You've just put out a new single. It seems like behind the scenes, you've been working on a lot of new music as well. So. so- a story not J style not from the beginning <laughs> but uh th- i
0: mean when ultimately I we've had this album the last time i talked to you morg when yeah. you were doing the the uh the before you did the podcast you yeah. were doing the videos the last time we talked the album was recorded then hmm. and i believe even in that Uh, interview I was like threatening that the album would be out a year later or something (laughs) I wouldn't get it out by the end of the year long story short is we had a ton of industry woes like you know um, we met a really good manager and you know sadly he had two bands that were way bigger than we were Um, and you know basically it kind of led to sort of bandwidth issues so like getting kind of focused for releases and stuff so We had a couple of like, sort of like loose offers in the beginning um, before we got management. And then when when we got a manager, he kind of wanted to run it around his circles. So those other kind of things went cold and then eventually went away. Um, And then the things that he was running at didn't work out. And so it was kind of like, just very unfortunate sort of circumstances and timing. And then, so we basically had the first year was like, Low expectations for us and a really good year. Like, whoa, we just got a tour with the used. Oh, whoa, we're doing Reddin and Leeds. Mm-hmm. Dan Carter's playing us on Radio One. Like, fuck me. Like, this is insane. We got fucking a really big booking agent and, you know, we got a manager. And then just kind of all the dots didn't really line up for 2019, you know. So, um, in a nutshell, we've just been really, really adamant about just like, we're going to release this. Anyone who's talking, come through with the real paperwork or the yeah. real money you know what I mean we, we don't even need money like it's not we do need money but we're not looking for record deal where we're like won't sell for any less than 250 grand lads yeah. so like we're like mm. man throw 12 grand our way dollars yeah. so we can just recoup the cost that it cost us to record with Bo and we're, we're good you know what I mean yeah. we could buy a van you know so that's, that's the kind of things we're looking at but it hasn't really worked out so we just basically stripped down to the four of us we're, we're the four of us right now we don't even have a booking agent uh, we don't have a manager I'm fucking managing the band and me and Lee are booking the shows and uh, it's actually alright man it's, it's humbling and it's like it's nice to have control over what's going on like we got this tour without an agent you know just through connections and stuff and yeah we should be uh we should be doing Low Lives Raiders tour, I know I, I know of, I know, know have hit you up about it a couple of times. I, I know Bob it. is finished. I mean, yeah, he's got to finish you, yeah. he's got to stop cheating the system again. Yeah,
5: that's what he's <laughs>
4: oh, I know. I'll go back, get another loan, and be famous. cheating fucker! But no, we fucking, fucking love, love
5: to. Him. We would love to. Yeah, we, we it would be a good fit too.
0: So yeah, oh, you yeah know. would. We're we're trying to figure something out, but we'll maybe we'll figure it out for the end of the year or something. But Please. yeah, I mean, honestly, like right now, if. If you took a kind of temperature on the, the four people traveling in this van, everybody's happy. Like, we're just happy to be playing shows, you know what I mean? It's like, it's a little bit worrying, like, what will we do after this? We don't want a whole another year to go by of not doing anything. And so that unknown is a little bit worrying. But going back to my old stuff that I chatted about in the... In the the interview I did with Morgan, uh, you know, I'm just trying to live in the present. So, mm, yeah. you know, yeah. so I've got the steering wheel in my hand, I'm concentrating on the road <laughs> and not the guest list for tonight. You know yeah, what I, I mean? I, <laughs> <know>. <laughs> <laughs> I've got
5: 15 people and we've got five <laughs> spots. How do you work that out? <laughs> Any chance <laughs> you could. All get together and do three oh, A in a long Mac.
1: Big Mac, Big Mac. Not the, yeah.
3: not the burger, not the burger.
0: No, other no, yeah. no. burgers out of it. So yeah. you know, <laughs> I think the tour that we spoke to you on Morgan, I think that was <laughs> was that the tour that got cancelled. Yeah, you did the last minute headline shows uh, in replacement. For that it. was yeah. mental. Ooh. So what? What point? Actually, I think I talked to you halfway through it, so you probably got some of the scoop on it. But for a band that had only played three shows and had one song out, it surely must have been career suicide it had been like being like let's do a double album you know what I mean? like fucking, <laughs> and so we were like fucking hell man like what do we do do we change the tickets back and go back to america and spend a thousand like dollars changing the tickets yeah. or do we like dig in and just call everyone we know and just see if we can get something you know and i think we ended up supporting black moth at the Bar, which is not a fit yeah. but like dean took us in and like was like yeah I'll put you on I don't even think we got paid for that show but we were just happy to play to like you know fifty or sixty people that were in that night and it's yeah. just like filling the hole instead of sitting around with your finger up your ring piece you know yeah. what I mean? so we were just like we were stoked and so that tour ended up working out because basically we'd got the splitter and we paid cash for it to get a better deal all the ferries in Europe non-refundable all the flights non-refundable oh. so everything was like go out of your pockets change it and uh, somehow we got through to the end of that tour only being in the hole for the flights which was what we'd anticipated on in the oh, first wow. place oh, wow. we awesome. came over to play 8 shows and we ended up doing 13 shows straight back to back with nice. no days off Wow! <laughs> my hands looked like oh, somebody had put a fucking 12 gauge to them and oh. just pulled the trigger they were a mess man. <laughs> I remember man. every time Lee would see my hands he would nearly throw up in his, uh, in his uh, <laughs> you know Yeah, look, it's fucking Harry. Harry
5: Radford's turned out.
0: Radford! (laughs) His face is currently pinned on the... We're doing this in the van. It's glorious.
3: We are, yes. We're currently in three different rows. We're in three different rows of a Tiger Tours
5: Mercedes splitter. (laughs) 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 Yeah, we'll take Tiger Tours out unless (laughs) they want to sponsor us. Yes. Oh, there you go. Let's La, see, get your hand in your pocket,
3: <laughs> mate. <Yeah. laughs> um, but no, it sounds like you know you guys are just enjoying everything and really taking the DIY aspect of yeah. the band to the next level, really.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's what it's got to be. I think in this age, there's so much noise out there. If you're not prepared to dig in, you know, then it's going to be hard. It's like you know, there's a lot of bands that you see out there that are doing it, and you're like, how are they doing it? And they're just going to town. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and the way I see it, with like at first we were kind of like man we'll give this to a label blah 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 and you know thinking that like somebody be interested and then we realized like any business you start go to the bank for a loan on day one with your business idea right you're probably not going to get a loan unless you've like put some of your own money in and you've built it up to a certain point where they can see the value yeah and i think a lot of times it gets forgotten in music you just think oh we'll make a demo for free and it sounds like shit and then we're going to you know, go and fucking pitch it to some people. We actually recorded the album, which doesn't sound like shit, it sounds wicked. Bo mm-hmm. did a cracking job on the album, did us mates raids, but you know, we were like, let's just pay for the album ourselves because we want to do it and not worry about trying to get like sponsorship for an album and just do it right and we did it and then we're trying to sell it to people and it it didn't work and then we realized man we just got to build this business ourselves because it is a business like it is it is an enjoyment but for it to pay for itself you've got to like invest money so you know we just started getting our hands in our pockets and you know we've all got like side jobs and whatnot to do you know to fund it some of us better than others but yeah man that's that's basically like we're enjoying it and we realise that you know it's not the easy path and it's not the easiest business to be in but for me it's like the only business that makes me happy Snub. and that's kind of weird because you think about the amount of people that have already got their knife in your back and you're like do you want this back mate? <laughs> yeah. yeah, You can have it back now like it's been a couple of years you know but yeah. like it is a savage business probably only only second to the movie business but i just love it i just want to play music i love music and i've got to figure out some way to incorporate it into my life same as you, you yeah know what i mean Aww. so that's yeah we're happy nice yeah <laughs> good
5: what well, did you take any um when lost profits come to an end did you take did you think about taking time off music or were you just instantly like right then i need to well i need to do more music or different that's, music that's like my whole thing when a when an issue comes
0: up is like don't If there's a problem, I'm a good person to be at the front line trying to solve it because I always have delayed reactions with anything. You know what I mean? It's like I'm a reactive person. So it's like basically my instant reaction is like, let's get figure this out. So that whole thing with profits, it was really brutal. But I was also like, why should we let that define us? And Mm. definitely like that's got a lot of staying power, (laughs) that Mm -hmm. issue, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But why should we let that define us? And so like I was nagging the boys like you know i was nagging stew like stew still lived in la then and just like you know let's yeah. fucking write let's write let's write you know and, and basically after a while i think like you know me and stew was doing some writing and then mike was like fucking, yeah man let's do this and you know just kind of slowly trying to irk everybody and come on boys let's you know um and so you know it just kind of ended up being a thing and i think originally me and stew sang on everything before we found jeff we d- had no idea what we were going to do for that other person also like a tight bunch of lads and bringing a new person in this also a very like scary thought you know what i mean yeah so you know before jeff was even on the horizon um we were just singing on stuff ourselves to make make songs be full and try and make arrangements so you know um
5: is it demos out there of uh, you and Stu singing? Ooh. There is. Uh, <gasps> there is. I want to hear
0: that. Uh, <laughs> you would have to talk to the gatekeeper. <laughs> I have <quite often, laughs> but, but look, yeah. I'm not in that band anymore so yeah. I don't have a say. But yeah, you yeah. could probably get into Stu for that. Oh. But um, yeah, man, like it was good because it was like, you know, we we sang on it and it was something that neither of us had really done before. Yeah. Like, and Stuart basically helped Ian write a lot of stuff oh, yeah. in the old band, you know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. he was struggling. Um, but like, you know, it was it was wicked man it was like we're fucking free we could do whatever we want you know but um so yeah from that perspective like uh, my head went straight into like this can't define us like this is a terrible thing um you know and also as well it was hard to from my personal perspective you know it's still hard talking about it now but at the time i remember being like i can't even be bummed out of this because there was people harmed mm. way worse than I was. Yeah. Like ju- my career ending should be the least of the problems in this fucking thing, you know what I mean? So, and I think a lot of the lads felt that way as well. It was like, you know, the, it was it was a real brutal situation. I mean, you know, and so it was just kind of like, can we carry on, you know? And, and then when we took, we did an th- interview with Dan Car- and da- Dan was always like, this should not define you, man. Like you guys are wicked, like, you know what I mean? And so, when you kind of realize you think everyone's against you, like the social media, my social media is on private for the most part, and that's mostly because the abuse that came through at that time, you know what I mean? You you like realize, especially with British tabloids and stuff, you Mm. realize how savage they are, you know what I mean? Like recently with the death of that girl or whatever, and and yeah, you know, and you see things going on with that, and people are just like, bang knives out and then once the story breaks and somebody's injured or somebody's you know even dead it's like they spin it around like oh look how lovely like you know and so it's like i didn't realize how savage press was in general but especially the british press and so you know that was kind of rough and then and then you know people i remember being on christmas day uh my wife um we didn't have any kids at the time but, my wife, it was my first Christmas with her family at her house, and I remember on Christmas day some I posted a picture of like the family uh on my Instagram like Christmas dinner, and some kid just came and was like, "I hope you have a shit day, you fucking baby rapist and and I was oh, like I was literally like, fuck? "Whoa, like how does this person?" get so misinformed to reach that conclusion that you write like firstly you are writing on someone that's another human being's Instagram yeah. you don't know the ins and outs you mm. know what I mean and so all of that stuff like you know the lads took that hard you know and it's like Stu was getting doorstepped and just there was all kinds of things man our managers were just like yo, know you guys should stay out of public you know what I mean because you just takes one stupid person to throw a brick at your head or something you know what I mean when they don't know the full story they get reactionary because of stuff and so there was a lot of that so yeah I mean it was rough Um, and it definitely affected the sort of like first batch of songs for No Devotion I mean like Jeff was going through a lot of stuff as well like which I think he may have spoken about on the podcast Um, you know so the culmination of like two separate circles of folks going through challenging circumstances like you know probably made for why that record is you know I'm so proud of it and it was a banging record you know Mm -hmm. what I mean yeah
5: it was it very was
0: <clears throat> yeah. yeah so yeah in a nutshell we did kind of get i feel like we got to it pretty quickly um good you know not the day after but like okay. i feel like within a few months we were just like are we just gonna go get jobs at best buy or yep. are we gonna try and carry on being the people that we
5: are you know what i mean yeah
3: so good you know, well, yeah
5: i'm glad that didn't because yeah because i just had like a fucking you know when my band ended and my band didn't fucking end as abruptly as yours obviously but uh yeah, I was for about three years. I was just like, oh, fuck music." I've completed it, like, cause I've done it all. To me, yeah. there's no bands that are coming out now. There's no end of level boss. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's no. Oh, no, there's no bands I want to. S- I've literally. Yeah. I'm so jaded by now that yeah. I've seen every band I want to see, Yeah. and nobody can shock me or surprise me anymore yeah. with performances because that's what my job used to be—to shock yeah. and yeah. To like to try that. So, yeah, and then yeah i just lost the love for it for years i I, I did too man that was me
0: like I, i quit music for four years it was like no devotion you know the the place where i was at with no devotion was like we weren't doing too much we'd done some stuff there was a lot of good support for it basically in between i was teching so i'd done a bunch of teching for panic at the disco and then um i was out with afi in south america and uh it was awesome In, in, yeah, in Buenos Aires, good, yeah. it was april 1st in california it wasn't we were ahead oh. of the date line so <clears throat> um my wife called me and was kind of like i've got some crazy news and i was like man i had the craziest day i got a story to tell you as well and she was like yeah okay you first and i was like no you first and she was like well i'm pregnant and i was like <laughs> fuck my story (laughs) literally i was like yeah i was like literally fuck my story (laughs) my and i was for a second i was like like everything went really fast through my head and i was like i've just got out of like the mentalist breakup of a band Hmm. tried to do another band and then and then left, well, I hadn't left that, but I'm trying to do another band, right? And so I'm like, F- I don't bring any money into the house. And so it's going to be my pregnant wife making the money in the house other than if I go away on tours and I'm not around to look after her. And I was like, whoa. So I called my dad and then as time progressed, you know, we're getting close to that date. Like the pressure on me, like which I realized in hindsight, having two kids now um, was not necessary. But when you've not had a kid, you know, and you're in a band you were in a band with with dudes that had kids and you see kind of like the difficulties of tour life with kids you know and how much you miss it and affect it as a you i was kind of like having a meltdown and so I, I remember like literally i was on the couch at my house right and i was just saying to me we were, me and my wife were talking and i was like how's it gonna be and i remember just being like so anxiety ridden, and i just said i've got to quit the band and she was just like you don't have to quit the band and i was like I was like I do I was like I have to quit the band And I have to get a real job And she's like Why do you think that And I was like Because you're like Heavily pregnant And like You're the only person Bringing money into the house So you know Basically I ended up Just being like Right I've I've made my decision I was like I I don't think No devotion will earn money I don't know how I'm going to do it you know, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. I'm going to have to get a job. I didn't see again that I could go back into that world where I was with beat union, where I was like working in the scrapyard and then Mm -hmm. going on tour every few months, you know, I've got like bigger responsibilities. So I remember sending an email to the band and it was like the hardest email I've ever written. I wrote it about 10 times, sent it. And then like, there was like no responses for like, I think a day. Um, and then like, I think we got on the phone and it was like, it was fucking real awkward and sucked. Um, and yeah man I I just felt I felt bad I felt real bad because I felt like I was leaving a crew of dudes that like we'd gone through some stuff together that like nobody else has gone through Mm. and I felt like I was letting the side down for that you know what I mean so it it was hard but also at the same time like my wife like I need to like look after that yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah, i mean like we've we've hashed it out in hindsight but you know that was kind of where i was at so you know that was rough and then i went and got a job at home depot working nights stacking the paint shelves and so i was working in home depot for a while and i was like it was like minimum wage and I, i was like man i'm like grafting my nuts off and this is all that comes in and so then i went and got another job in a warehouse um in like a freight department and i was Packing pallets like Saran Wrap, uh, yeah. what you call it, cling film pallets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's American in the right. Saran Indian Wrap, sarana Saran Saran Wrap. Wow. So I was working in a, uh, <laughs> I was working in a warehouse and, uh yeah, so I was doing that for a while a and, giant and then garage. I lasted about nine months there and my mate. Neil who is an absolute diamond um he used Neil to work. Neil diamond my friend should
5: and his surname is diamond Neil
0: uh Neil basically <laughs> is one of my best friends and he started a company that got bought by Tapspin that got bought by Beats that got bought by Apple so oh, he, he oh, not he did well wait, for himself we, he went yeah, for every acquisition right Um, but very very smart kid so he he ended up working at Headspace um, and he hired me at Headspace said come and do this and I was like man I have no clue about software you know that's not my I can wipe an Apple Mac (laughs) if I need to sell it
5: you know what I mean if you need an Apple Mac full of porn (laughs) I can do that
0: yeah like you know and so I was like basically he was like you live in Pro Tools man he's like you've got an eye for detail I'll show you what you're doing and so he took me into Headspace and basically fully trained me on how to be a QA person which is like quality assurance so I basically spent four years working for one of the most amazing companies I could have probably got a job at right? Awesome. doing like That's a so really philanthropic mission you know um, trying to improve the health and happiness of the world and, and basically like working there four years and working my way up I ended up managing a team of like five people who are awesome which just the idea that I'd work in like a big you know progressive tech company managing a team was like so weird you know but at that point I'd met Lee and we were trying to like you know I I promised myself I would only go back to music if I met the right person and so you know there was some offers that came through like do you want to try it for this band do you want to try it for that (sighs) band and I'll be honest with you I didn't pass because I was just like I'm too good for that I passed because I I didn't feel like I was good enough you know what I mean like something happened to me in the tryout for lost profits excuse me rustling around I got I got cotton mouth man Mm. Uh, something happened to me in the, the tryout with lost profits as Stu talked about where like I feel like I smashed everything it was great it was a weird tryout but we got to the end of burn burn and there was like a half-time bit and i just i didn't go half-time and, and oh, like the whole okay. time they were like they were like yeah and then they were like well uh actually we're gonna try out more people that audition experience like i'd never done auditions before and so like that i, I did one with amen right but it was really weird like jesus just-
3: oh the <laughs> <Wait> a
5: <minute. laughs> Fuck it I forgot about the Amen There's
0: (laughs) a whole other Batch of gold right
5: there Yeah Yeah carry on Sorry Well
0: I'll give you The quick scoop on the Amen thing So basically Amen Amen. The Amen Audition Was basically I was on tour In a band called Little Hell Supporting Placebo Casey came to the Brixton show Saw me play It was like Join my band in California And I was like Fuck out of here You're a liar Send me a plane ticket. Give me your address. Send me a plane ticket. I was like, right, Mum, dad, taking my 80 pound that I've got. and I'm going to a fucking <laughs> California. So I tried out in Darren Malakian's house from System of a Down. What? <laughs> oh, i love God this. I'm loving this. And, and I remember because I'd done some rehearsals, but Darren was running a label, right? So that basically at that point, Amen had been signed to Roadrunner and Virgin and gotten kicked off both labels. And we are now signed to Sony Records via Darren Malakian's Eat Your Music, right? So okay. he was like, come and try out in Darren Malakian's house. And I was like, mm, fucking what? out!" only the system of a down guitar. We get up to this fucking mad mansion. Homeboy's got like a coffee table with like massive tray. And it's got all these different sections in it, like compartment. Like what your average person would have for their bead collection, right? Yeah. Uh, His was different types of weed, you know? What? And he had this like big three foot bunk. And I remember being like, "Do you want to s- smoke?" And I was like, "Nah, man, I, d- I don't smoke, and I- definitely not before I'm trying out for a band, you know." And he's like, "All right, no worries." And so then he k- pulls out this like fucking camcorder, like we're not even like we're not in like flip cam times yet, you know what I mean? This <laughs> is <just laughs> like two thousand. 2000- it's a, yeah. yeah. a two thousand two. So he pulls out this camcorder and he loads up his bung and he's just walking around the house, ripping the bung, filming stuff. So basically, we set up in a room in his house uh, on John Dolamore's drum kit, which was also like I was like fucking out. This is John Dolamore's drum kit, <laughs> yeah. and we ripped like four Amen songs, and he just smoked his bung and filmed the whole thing. And he's like, "I think he's great," and then and then I was in the band. And it was like that was that was that. And then they were like, "We'll get you a visa." So that was trying out for Amen. So yeah. that was the only audition I'd ever done, yeah. okay. and it was really fucking weird. Anyway, because I was getting filmed by Darren Malaki, and yeah. it was high on fucking super yeah, that's, skunk weed. That's a weird day. <laughs> that's
3: a weird day. That's a weird day in the
0: It was an awesome day as well. Um, and funnily enough, actually, remember when, were you on Soundwave when we did Soundwave? I yeah. think we were on Soundwave yeah. together. Yeah. So, remember they charter the planes? Yeah. I got on one of the planes, right, and, and what I do, this is an automatic Luke Johnson thing, so if, Anybody famous as listeners to this and we've met, I'm not ignoring you I just assume you've forgotten who I am. Yeah. So I get on the plane the and think, thing. yeah, I think I get on the plane and I'm like, oh, there's Darren Malakin. and he's looking straight at mine, and I'm like, I'm just kinda like I, I kinda nod, but I'm like I'm not gonna go out my way to make massive effort, because he's just gonna go, Who the fuck are you? Yeah. And and he, he just literally takes off his sunglasses and goes, You and I'm like, <laughs> Me? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, You? He's like, You're that guy, and I'm like which guy he's like he's like amen guy and i was like yeah that's me and he's like we've got to talk and i said okay and i'm like well you're in first class and i'm at the back so (laughs) let's do this when we get off at the baggage claim right and he came over to the baggage claim with his boys and he was like do you know He's like, I had the worst time of my life because of Amen. And I was like, well, sadly, I was like, I was kind of just a hired gun that never got paid. <laughs> I was like, I just ate secondhand pizza after Casey had finished eating it. So, uh, you know, and he was like, he, oh, he did that to you too. <laughs> I was like, well, he didn't give you secondhand pizza. <laughs> you yeah. say he took me for so much money. I guess there was a lawsuit over BYOB and, and Casey had claimed he'd written it. And, you know, I have no idea about who wrote what, but wow. th- there was a whole thing about, byob and darren basically told me that it took him for like 500 grand wow. that it cost him to defend himself on that song Fuck so which up. is insane uh and i probably shouldn't be talking about it but anyway so fast forward to last prophets audition like I'd met the boys in uh, Japan on Summer Sonic with Beat Union and they were such a good crack. We had a good laugh together and uh, they thought we were hilarious because Dean, our guitarist from Beat Union, was shouting obscenities at Johnny Rotten as he was walking through the lobby of the hotel, (laughs) which if you do Summer Sonic, the, the Osaka Hotel is basically they... Commandeer an entire hotel for production and dressing rooms, so your dressing room oh, is a hotel room, right? And they golf cart you back and forth to stage. That's so like amazing. anybody that's on the festival is walking through the lobby or whatever. And so you know, Dean, <laughs> I remember it was, we all stood outside the Last Prophet's hotel slash dressing room talking, and Johnny Rotten comes walking through the lobby with these two huge security guards and Dean yells off the first floor balcony it's like a mezzanine style so the hole mm. you can see on every level he just yells I'm going to pull the microphone away from him he says Oi Rotten with a, like he rolls his <laughs> ah like in this wootsy voice and then ducks down behind the thing and Johnny Rotten literally shouts up "Was like shut your fucking mouth you weak fucking
5: cunt <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> up, up to the fucking first floor balcony and I remember just pissing myself and that stuck in there Ed, I remember Stu always thought that was funny and so yeah we talked to him and then actually when profits uh, when Alan moved on hmm. Julie we actually said you should try out for lost profits and I was like oh. fucking I've got no one's number man and she was like I'll connect you with Stu and so that's how that conversation started oh, and I was bugging him and then Basically, I went and teched for a band to get 450 quid to buy a flight to the States to sleep on Dan Smith's floor for about a month. And then they were like, yeah, we're finishing up The Betrayed. We'll try you out now. And so that audition happened. And it was only, I think it was Mike, Stu and me that played just as a three-piece, no vocals. (laughs) Boyo was sat watching. Jamie was sat watching. Lee was sat watching. And so we get to burn. I think I played... i learned five songs i played them all and uh you know basically i think i aced the four songs you know i played them fine and then we got to burn and for some reason i just didn't do the halftime bit at the end of the burn Mm -hmm. and they were like okay they were like you know that's halftime right there and i was like uh oh! fucking yeah probably like you know yeah. just do it again with the half time and yeah they just they seemed very disinterested by then and then I was like having a heart attack I was like so stressed out and so I remember calling Jamie and being like man listen if it's that much of a big deal about Burn I was like give me more songs I'll learn them as well and then we'll just do it all again and then like I heard off Stu like Stu was always the guy that was like breaking the news he, he felt like band dad you know so he's like listen man we've decided it's in our interest to try out more people right i said all right man i'm gutted." he's like we'll try out again though and i was like okay but like man the the next window of time that i was like basically in la being like catered for by my two best mates who were just like you've got to get this man like i was sleeping on an air mattress and they were like you know you got to figure it out so i was like putting in double time on the songs i was like learning more songs and Stuart. me i was like listen man i really want it to be you he was like i want you to be the guy he's like so he's like but one of our lands boys who's actually a really good friend of mine this <laughs> fucking man his story's gonna stretch out forever <laughs> <laughs> his name's hayden um and i can't tell you what band he plays in because uh basically i called to try out for this band um that are massive and it was right as Lolo started and i was like i, I don't want to try out for that band um, but I passed it to my mate Hayden, he got it. And so, you know, uh, I'll tell you off cam, off, off podcast. It's one of those bands that doesn't, you know, I'll tell you later. Yeah. Anyway, so, <laughs> but but basically Hayden was trying out. And Hayden was the drummer in New Regime and Alan's best mate. So I was like, fuck. So like, basically they changed things up live. And I, th- I found out afterwards that one of the songs we played I played the record way and didn't know that they'd changed it and played the live way. So right. it kind of threw them. So that probably made them feel weird. So I was like, fucking hell. So Stu was like, you can't tell anyone else in the band. He's like, because they'll probably get weird. He's like, but I want it to be you. He's like, so me and you are going to get in a rehearsal room together and we're going to go through how it's done live. Right. And he gave me a DVD <laughs> of Summer Sonic 2008, where Johnny Rotten called Dina Cunt. <laughs> where I'm stood on the side of the stage watching Lost Profits set, right? And I was like, that's me stood on the side of the stage watching that. It was like fucking Matrix shit, man. Um, so yeah, so we went in and we did that and he showed me how to do it and then I came in and I, I like, you know, Longanoo, I tried out. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? They got Hayden trying out. Another one of my good mates uh, who plays drums for Duff McKegan and A War Nation and uh, he plays in A War Nation now, Isaac Carpenter. He was trying out and I was like, Man, I was like, these fucking dudes are all beasts, and I'm just a brummy cunt that breaks stuff. How the fuck? <laughs>
1: how the fuck am I gonna get
0: back? Like th- this was now like first off, it was like, alright, it's just you were trying out, and I was like, I can get this. And then it was now it was like, man, there was like three ender-level bosses that I gotta get <laughs> by. Like it was like fucking Wario sat there on his fucking <laughs> little float. <laughs> I was like, fuck, I'm done, man. Like, I'm not getting this. And then they called me and they were like, Do you wanna play Red and the Leeds with us? And I was like, fuck <laughs> off like you chose me i was like fucking hell and then red and Leeds was a whole tryout because they were like we're gonna do five shows and if you nail the five shows it's yours manchester what? academy and they don't know this so if any of the boys in the band oh. are listening to this like at least not in his head because i told him this story and he thinks it's hilarious so bandmates i love you you don't know this story but basically uh manchester academy is the first show sold out we did two weeks of rehearsals felt great right First show on in ears uh, on molds. Dave Bellis, fucking angel, <laughs> Bellis. is uh, is mixing, but I just am not getting comfortable with my mm-hmm. ears, right? And I'm like. There was some fucking things going on, and my mix was terrible. And I'm like, my anxiety level is like lifting, like, but on the outside, I'm trying to play it cool, trig, play it cool. <laughs> play it. <laughs> so like, my anxiety level is fucking rising and going through the fucking roof. And I'm like, man, these monitors, like, I'm gonna fuck this show up. They're gonna hate me. They're gonna fire me. And like, I'm fucking out. And so we play Destroyer, and there's like a cue, like, a tss. Hmm. like you know, when it comes back in or whatever. And I just didn't didn't do the cue, and I just roofed straight in. And so then, like, that, put all of them on white alert. Like, they are all like, "Fucking <laughs> you know, hell!" like, what's the drummer doing? And, uh, like, Boyo is, ye- is screaming at me in the dressing room. And I was like, I'm not good enough to do this. So I was like, fuck this, man. I was like, I- I've bitten off more than I can chew here. Yeah? I gotta, like, fucking walk. Like, this is not... Like, I'm fucking punching above my weight. So I-, I remember, like, just the anxiety. had got to a point where, like, my dad was at the show. And so I was like, I went out front to get a beer. And I was like, maybe a beer will chill me out. And he was like how you doing son and I was like good man I was like actually no I'm not good at all I was like I need to uh, I need to fucking leave and he went what you talking about I was like is your car here I was like let's let's leave and he's like what you talking about he said you can't fucking leave and I was like man I was like I can't do it and he was like you don't talk like this. He's like, get the fuck back there and fucking do it. And I was like, seriously, I was like, my mix is terrible. I was like, I'm going to fucking blow it mid-show. I want to make them look like assholes. I was like having a fucking freak out. And I was like, just pull your car around the front and let's fuck off. And he's like, what are you going to say after that then? He's like, you're going to fuck off. <laughs> Drummer dips show, sold out show in Manchester. Doesn't turn up for Reading and Leeds. Like you fuck man. He's like, what are you going to do? And I-, I was like having such a meltdown. He just fucking like slapped me about a bit. And I remember walking on stage, like feeling like I was walking the plank. I'm like, I am about to let this band down. I'm about to ruin their fucking shit, right? And I got on stage and played one of only two perfect shows I've ever played in my life. Like one of two perfect shows. And basically, right, um, the last show that I played that was perfect was actually with no devotion. The last show in New York, not not like everything was perfect the monitors were perfect i played i didn't like i played all the fills perfectly to the record like just nothing was like oh i fluffed that little bit there was no like awkward broken sticks like played that manchester show perfect i remember halfway through like boy i was like oh this is our new drummer jocko and everyone was like jocko jocko which i fucking hate that name no there was a jocko chant and i was like It's not so bad I was like I wonder if I'm gonna have A whitey before Every show though Because I'd never had Stage fright or anything In my life But I'd also never Played in a band That headlines sold out 3,500 cap rooms either I'd done those rooms In a support band Where you could Fucking get your dick out And no one's gonna care Um, But yeah man Like I just basically Like was having A fucking whitey But yeah, it was mad, man. I I was like tripping and then each show got easier. And then uh, Mike's lovely wife, Amber, went into labor. So Mike was like, boys, i got to go before Redding. And I was like, wait, so there's going to be a guitar missing in the monitors. So then I was like, oh, my anxiety started going again. Now it's all right, we'll get lags to fill in. (laughs) So (laughs) lags came and filled in on a few songs. It was fucking bananas. But man, I remember playing Redding and it went it was like the 25,000 people in the Radio 1 tent and i was just like uh, my dream bucket list gig of all time was to play on Red and Leeds festival i've never done it right and so my dream bucket list gig was to play Red and Leeds and like, here we are headlining the Radio 1 stage and i was like man like fucking this is insane and so I played it was wicked everything went well um, and then we did Leeds it might be the opposite way around i can't remember but the second Red and Leeds show we did lags came and played Mike wasn't there and um, and at one point Lee's guitar completely cut out and lags wasn't on stage playing at that point and uh, I was like, oh my god, this couldn't really get mo- much worse. Like right now. We're just bass Keyboards and vocals and then Stu's bass cut out. So at one point during the set We uh, were playing and it was literally only like fucking keyboard vocal and drums and I was like, this is fucking insanity like <laughs> and if i can survive this on stage and still like know the songs and like get through like you know low lives you could give me no minus. like i feel so like adaptable with low lives like you could just walk into anything you know what i mean yeah. but i wasn't quite there yet with profits mm-hmm. we hadn't played enough shows and hadn't like you know so but i got through it and i remember i walking off stage at i, th- I think it was red Inn second actually walking off stage at Reading and jamie just coming up to me and being like you fucking did it man (laughs) like you're in the fucking band you fucking did it and i was just like i am i was like you guys want me in the band it's like yeah And i remember going home on a national express to birmingham being like i'm in a band and i get a paycheck that's fucking insane i've never (laughs) earned a bean out of music my entire life and they were like yeah you're fucking in the band and i was like shit and then roll on the rest man you know what i mean that's mad incredible so, so you know i think like when I think about touring and I look back, like some of the things that I have like big issues with is like that I managed to make my dream come true, and then like you know somewhere mm-hmm. down the line, through no fault of mine, you know it it ended. You know what I mean? And yeah. So like that's always been a hard one. I like, I'll mm-hmm. often have dreams about like the band being back together and we're playing shows, and it's like really weird. Like we'll be just, it's like it was normal. You know what I mean? And like yeah. nothing ever happened, but then it's like. I know it's not you know i'll wake up and i'll be like ah fucking hell!" you know what i mean yeah. so it's a, it was a rough one man like the, the end of that band like it, the fact of the band ending was rough if you remove all the ugliness of why it ended yeah. like it, that was rough in itself yeah. but also the fact the biggest things that i ever did like that i should be able to be proud of like i can't really talk about you know what i mean i can't really talk about like headlining arenas like like i don't want to go and be like you know if someone's like oh, what's well, the biggest show you've done oh I did this and then they'd be like what band was that like it's always hard to say that band name you know what I mean and that's it's that's uh, it's a real sad thing you know what I mean but the fact of the matter is it's always going to have that connotation now, and it's it's just you know it sucks because of that because there was uh, actually a lot of good things you know in that band there was a lot there was a lot of brotherhood you know amongst the five of us that did mm, hang together there was so
5: much that came from that band (coughs) that was well I wouldn't have I wouldn't be here now doing this podcast if I didn't find Lost Profits, right. if I didn't find out about Lost I Profits, probably wouldn't have met my wife. I like, yeah. I wouldn't be in America. I would have made yeah. the blackout. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have even been it. like I was into like happy hardcore, <laughs> and then an indie music. So I saw yeah. like Stereophonics, but that was the first gig I ever went to. Second gig I ever went to was Blackwood Miners downstairs. Lost Profits playing at three hundred people, circle pit in, spit in, onto the ceiling, and crowd surfing. I was like, what the fuck is this? I need
3: this. I want to make. I don't know what this is, but yeah, I want to yeah. evolve. So well, even me to some extent as well. You know, finding well, yeah, music well, and everything yeah. like that as well. Like if it wasn't for profits and yeah. all the other music, I would have. And this is what we this
5: is what we push constantly. Well, what we try to push mm. constantly on yeah, is just people. People do realize it now, and that's what and that's why we keep pushing it. Is that without lost profits, that you would yeah, have had I mean, half of uh, the bands. You, know, you
3: take take away the stigma. You know, if everything were <laughs> happened and that side of it, but for actually the band and. The music and everything like that is, is probably one of the most important bands yeah. for so many people's lives. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll say this:
0: like, I never wanted to be a session guy. I can never see myself being a session guy. I don't think I have confidence to be a session guy because session guys there's so much riding on them. And they've got usually then when you're the drummer, a session guy, you become an MD in the band, and you've got to run the other musicians, and then you're running back tracks. So there's a certain level yeah. of, of, of things that are expected from you, and I operate best in comfortable environments where everyone's friendly and 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 I'll be honest with you, those guys were like... Man, we're not looking for a session guy. We want a, we want a member of the band, you yeah. know. And 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 you know, the boys used to hit me up and be like, "You've got any demos?" And I'd be like, "You want to hear my demos?" Yeah. Like fucking like that was like flattering as fuck because it's like I've been in bands where it's just kind of like I would throw demos in, you know what I mean? And my songwriting—I'll be honest with you—at the time I got into Last Profits, my songwriting wasn't very good. And I'm not saying it's great now, but like I can, I feel like I could write a song right now and confidently put it out and and not be ashamed of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas like before, it'd be like demos. Like oh, I need some help you know what I mean and so like they would listen to demos and like you know what I mean it's like that was a game changer for me you know what I mean it's just like because i never just wanted to be a drummer i am a drummer i've only been a drummer professionally but i, I always played guitar and i always played bass and i always recorded and i always wrote songs even if they were shit little demos you know what i mean so it's always like I always wanted to be more than a drummer. I didn't just want to be the guy that didn't know how to play a guitar yeah. or mm. like, you know what I mean? I want to be able to pick up an instrument and be able to make melody or like learn to arrange songs and stuff, you know? And so um, that was like a big confidence boost for me because, you know, I remember like sending Stu's, uh, sending demos to Stu and stuff, you know what I mean? And it's like, fucking hell, like these guys have written like big songs, you know what I yeah, mean? Like yeah. top fucking five fucking al- <laughs> number albums, number one albums, like, you oh, know what I mean? Yeah. Like fucking, and it's like, you know, they want to possibly one of my demos on the record and like turn that into a song you know what i mean so it's like it was it was cool man and i definitely think that like low lives it, it's reflected in low lives because you know me and lee wrote everything you know Mm. what i mean together it's it's not that the other guys don't write it's just we'd already written the stuff before they got in you know what i mean like the next album like they'll throw some flavor on but like before it actually became a fully fledged like band with members like me and lee were just writing music together which actually hey you the single that's out now is the first song we wrote together and it's like lee's the first singer that i've ever met this he's just like have you got any lyrics and i've got fucking boatloads of lyrics you know what i mean so it's like it's hard to work with singers when they want to say their own piece you know what I mean and I get it I understand that's your territory you know what I mean but if you struggle with vocals and you're not open to taking stuff then that's that's difficult right so yeah. Liza was just like yeah I, I don't know what to say on this song so like I'll write a whole fucking song of lyrics and he's just like that's wicked can we change this word and this word like yeah done you know what I mean and so it's like it's got to the point where most of the stuff that we've written like he's just a riff lord he just shits out riffs like constantly and they're all fucking he comes from the defiled obviously so they were like heavy down tune riffs so if you want like a riff that you can bang your head to you know what I mean like he's got like riffs for days (laughs) like we, we built a dropbox and I had to like upgrade it to like gigs because his folder is just like constant riff after riff after riff wow. after riff and so i have to go through and cherry pick riffs and then be like come to my house let's work on these three and try and turn them <laughs> into songs you know what i mean yeah. and so and then we got steven jackson and those guys are like chipping and stuff so like we've got so much stuff like Good. i would say we've got a second album ready to go if we wanted to do an album um you know and recently we've been working with scott stevens who does like uh he's produced hailstorm highly suspect he produced new year's day nice. uh he's just doing chris daughtry he does a lot more American rock stuff which we told him like we're not like mm. we don't want to be an american rock band you know we want to be in that grungy vibe um but the stuff that we've done with him so far he's absolutely nailed it it sounds mental awesome. you know what i mean which i actually didn't anticipate us not working with bo because we were so happy at the results that we got with bo but also bo is like like scott is so well connected that he's like pulling in like labels and people are like oh this sounds wicked and like you know what i mean so like he's just like let me record you and so basically we're in this boat right now where we've been recording with scott and the songs are like you know bo basically recorded the album to sound amazing he was like i don't want to produce it per se is like because you guys know how you want to sound and you've already got your songs down he's like if I think something's wasting time or needs the fat trimming is that like, I'm going to chime in otherwise let's just smash this down and I'll make it sound amazing and that's exactly what he did nice. you know so I would like in the future to to do something with Bo where we can get him a bit more pro- involved producer wise and be like man produce this don't yeah. just accept that we want to sound like that you know what I mean um, but yeah man it's, it's good uh, as long as the creative cycle continues and as long as we can man if we could just do two or three tours a year i think that'd be enough to appease cool. me you know what yeah. i mean and uh, and not miss my children growing up <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah oh yeah nice yeah, yeah well going back to you know what you were saying about with no devotion everything like that you know, considering yeah. everything that happened that i know you mentioned about leaving the band but in some aspect were you, were you proud of that record coming out with them and the songs that you did with them just to have like that final closure of that kind of chapter, if you like. Yeah,
0: I mean, so when I left, we were doing it's it's all a bit blurry, but when I left, uh, it's all gone a bit puddle of mud. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 uh, anyway, so fucking basically, when I was leaving, we'd recorded half of it. Yeah, and I think I'd even said like, "Man, I'll finish the record," but they ended up getting Matt Tongue to do it, and so. There was a part of me that was just like, Oh, maybe they just to keep it all in keeping, got Matt to redo all the drums. So like when that record came out, like the singles that came out on vinyl, so like mm. Stay, Ten Thousand Summers, like I knew that I was on that and vinyls, but there was a part of me that thought, Oh maybe they just re recorded everything for for like to keep the theme and the vibe the same, you know? Um and so like in in a, a year or two later talking to Stu, i was like did you end up like replacing all my drums on the record he's like no they're, they're it's all your drums you know what i mean so i think uh because we recorded it twice we recorded at Joby's um from the bronx yeah barefoot like I he's got a i can't remember what his studio was called but yeah he he looked mm. after us and, and we did it in there and, and it was sounding banging but then we ended up like you know you guys know the stuff with Jeff and Collect and how that all worked out all that was going on at that time so like then all of a sudden there was like a stimulus of like Jeff's like I can afford from a label perspective to put this much cash in so we went with Alex Newport and and did it in um I'm forgetting the name of the studio in New York but basically Bowie recorded his last record in there like incredible studio um which was an absolute honor to do that in there and uh yeah in a nutshell like we did a bunch of the stuff there and i had the greatest time recording drums there you know what i mean um i don't know how it was for Stu handing over the helm to someone else Mm -hmm. because Stu, you know he's a great producer obviously and he does i always was a big fan of how Stu made things sound and what i feel like in the end was that I felt the band starting to turn the corner and go a little bit more electro and a little bit more indie which is actually smart because it's more appeal even though I'm like a heavier dude so like the first incarnations of the songs were still like they're like a, the heavier side of profits I felt like it was more like you know um, and then it kind of started turning the corner and Friedman started mixing the stuff and so like I remember there was a little bit back and forth there about this is kind of lost some balls but it made sense commercially and I honestly don't. I think if it had stayed heavy I don't think it would have probably got the critical acclaim that it got i yeah, think we yeah. reached a hybrid you know what i mean and, and then when they finished off the record i think they got it to this place where it, it was unique you know what i mean and so i'm very proud of that album um you know i remember when it got the k award and obviously i wasn't there but like you know the fact it got a k award i was like i still felt ownership and i still felt mm. proud of it you know oh, what you mean? i mean d- yeah. i didn't uh i didn't think like oh i wish i would have played on the album I, I just was like you know that album is a large part of me and yeah. a large people a part of the pain that I was suffering. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm proud of it and I'm proud of them. And I'm actually nice. really excited to see what corner they turn in with the with the next yeah. record. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm probably going to be one of those people on Twitter like, when's the fucking next album coming? What <laughs> the fuck are you doing? Come to Brazil.
3: <laughs> Come, Come to Brazil. That's the classic, though, is, isn't it? Fucking, fucking been there. Done I'm now. sure uh, all of our
5: bands are. We might all be massive in Brazil, but we've never been. So Imagine. Yeah,
3: but then you were the vat. I was going to say, imagine like...
5: You'd have a thousand people Saying come to Brazil not Yeah just
3: no 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 But you imagine like A festival in Brazil Where it's just like All of the, all the, those bands <laughs> all That everyone bands. Comments come to Brazil for Does a festival in Brazil And there's just like come to Two fest. million people there <laughs> Just like wow oh man. God, <laughs> mean, <laughs> Brazil
0: man, I toured uh, Oh I didn't tour in Brazil But I was touring When I was teching for AFI um, Which is basically like Going on tour With your fucking best mates It's, it's crazy well, They're the best I festival show Was over there Yeah, yeah it Lollapalooza
5: What yeah, right, so, Wow What take AFI on because uh, they're it, not a daytime band. No, they're not a do it. Time, daytime
0: don't. band. It varied. It varied. It would change all the time. But we did Sao Paulo, and it was fucking ace, man. Like wow. I, just I went to Colombia. Like basically, I think profits should have gone to South America. I don't know if they ever did, or I don't know if they just didn't when I was in the band. But South America is an. In, I would encourage anybody to go to South America. I've never played in South America yet. Um, so uh, it's on my bucket list to play but touring with them and I mean they're huge down there they have like that you know and it's it was just wicked man like I remember specifically like in Chile the most like Chile was you know Santiago's absolutely amazing city there was people outside the hotel at all times just trying to find Dave <laughs> like you know it's like <laughs> Dave <laughs> there, I love there was, Dave there was like literally South American Dave lookalikes down there you know what I mean it was wow. like so funny Tan Goths, like yeah Tan, Tan God. I, like, t- turn, t- like touring with them dudes like it was fucking good for the soul man because they're all good lads and I, I like I love their tunes and like I didn't really know too much AFI like it was weird it all kind of went backwards for me because I met Dave through some friends and then, like, we became pals. And then and then it was like, do you want to tour this? And, like, obviously, I knew the big AFI stuff, yeah, like December yeah. Underground yeah, 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 and that, you know what I mean? And Girls Are Not Grey or whatnot. But I didn't know, like, the early, early stuff. Ooh. And so, so it was, that's it. You know, Kill casting and all that Ooh. stuff. <laughs> yeah, so I, it was basically, like, fucking... Um, yeah, I learned in reverse and, and then just... Going on the road with them, it was like so much fun. Like they're such a fun band to like be on the side of the stage working with. You know what I mean? So you're ruining yeah. your image, yeah. You. I am. <laughs> no, <laughs> they're it all like fucking miserable. miserable. <laughs> Super- miserable. <laughs> Miserablest band I've ever <laughs> toured in my life. <laughs> yeah. So you know, that's how that's I got to see South America so nice. far, and uh, that's also how I got to find out on being a father, which you know.
3: On tour F- a- F- a- F-A- F-A- a-
0: wow Who have no children Well, actually, that's a lie Adam now has uh, as a kid And she's a sweetheart But like at that time, no one had kids And it's like, I don't imagine confiding in Dave Like, Dave,
5: listen <laughs> oh, man, <laughs> Can you give
0: me some advice, son?
5: Die, time Especially the Welshman. You'll be die, me, right? Die,
0: Abak What do I, Dave? Some scary golf name, is it Dave? Dave? Dave the goth, Fucking from Warsaw, ain't ya? Dave? What do we do? Um, yeah, uh, what was um, what was drum teching for Panic of Disco like as well? Oh, I didn't drum tech for them. I was actually so that's another thing is I somehow got sucked into guitar teching. Oh. Uh, I, I would actually consider myself more of a restringer. Like Ooh. I'm definitely not the guy that's got the uh, soldering on in the back of the amp. Out. <laughs> like if I've got to figure out a problem, well, but that that derived from like pre beat union um never being in a band that really toured and and teching for alexis on fire just to go on tour so i teched for alexis on fire for years hence the alexis on fire time um and like those became like some of my best mates and so basically i teched for alexis when they had literally a sound guy and me and so it was like we're on a bus sound guy and me and i'm selling merch and doing everybody's teching (laughs) (laughs) and so you know that was that was interesting but then then i Tech for like AWOL Nation and I remember doing that and uh, somebody was like do you want to do this and I said yeah and I remember it was a fly show I went out to do um I went out to a festival it was Weenie Roast and, and the other tech had like just quit mid-job so there was no label in or instructions and I turned up and there was three guitarists and five pedal boards oh. <laughs> and I was like and, and, I, and I didn't know what tune in they tuned to so I didn't know what to like set up all the guitars and sort of that and so that was like really really intimidating but I figured that out and I was like well I got through that and then I got a phone call about Panic and I don't remember who called me about that and it was, it was literally when you know Panic were like massive and then they kind of went through a lull Yeah so like i think spencer smith had just left the band and so they got a drum tech named dan paulovich who was like filling in as a drummer who's now become the full-time drummer um and so like dan was still like transitioning from being a tech they got um a tm And then there was just, oh, and there was me and this other kid, Josh, who's a good lad as well. And so I was doing, um, I was doing the guitarist that's no longer in the band. And so, yeah, basically... at the time he would just joined the band and so the first thing that i did for panic at the disco was tech for them on the queen latifah show uh
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh,
0: so, i remember
5: my first tech and job was on the queen latifah <laughs> show uh, so many yeah. people got the same story so, <laughs> so, so it, that, that was crazy
0: so i remember doing that and then um and then they were like can you do more shows and so i did more shows and and honestly they're they're all sweethearts like everybody was super cool in that band particularly spencer and uh, not spencer brandon, brandon yeah. Yeah. yeah super super lovely dude man and uh setting his gear up every day like you know you uh, obviously does his back flip and stuff mm, and all yeah, that stuff yeah. and just you know but it just you know when you think oh man like this dude is like big time he might be high maintenance yeah. couldn't be more the opposite like oh, fucking really? wicked dude so yeah that was cool um the, the tour was like a little more contained like there wasn't like 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 I said go on tour with AFI it's your mates and so like everyone hangs out some tours are a little more, bit more like let's just get the job done that was a little bit more like that you know but everyone was cool um I'm trying to think if uh a tech for butch walker as well which was pretty wow. fucking awesome because sure. i'm obviously a fan of his pr- production yeah. and they're like oh what was doing that first Katy perry record like <laughs> <laughs> Man. you know which is also funny because at that time Katy perry played her first show with beat union right we we were all doing warp tour 2008 yeah and which is mad oh, yeah. to think that katie perry did warp tour 2008 yeah, yeah, yeah. and so uh i remember Kevin would always pick his favorite bands from the tour and we got picked. And so it was Agrolites, which are like really classic kind of ska reggae. Yeah. And they're awesome. 303, <laughs> <Pete> <laughs> Union and Katy Perry, and I remember they turned up, and the drummer was like, "Can I borrow all of your drums?" And I was like, "What?" I was like, "You haven't got any drums?" He's like, "No." He's like, we, "The band just got put together a week ago," and he's like, "Yeah, man, have at!" But t- uh, happy to help you out. I didn't know who Katy Perry was at the time because nothing had broke,
5: nothing had got released, right? She hasn't been off yet. She's me a Nothing. <laughs> that's oh, it. No, that's and true. so I
0: remember, and I remember like loading our stage, and a girl was stood at the side of the stage, at the side of the Key Club, which is on Sunset Boulevard about 200 yards further up from the rainbow and i remember coming out and there was a girl with love heart white sunglasses on and she was wearing a strawberry pinata like outfit and i was like has you guys seen that girl in this dressed as a strawberry outside the stage door and they were like oh yeah th- we think she's in one of the other bands I was like cool loaded out she does a set I'm like oh well, this sounds pretty good pretty cool songs and then Couple months later, Warped Tour starts. Turn up. This big white bus turns up with her on the side, like <laughs> on a right? long, right, like, <laughs> fucking, like eating some strawberries. And I was like, "That's the bird in the fucking strawberry <laughs> outfit." <laughs> like, and then <clears throat> first two weeks of Warped Tour, people are like, "What the fuck is this?" And then fucking, I think it's I like, kissed a girl or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. went to serious. like number one. No, it and was was, like, everywhere! Bang! bang. Like Golf carts the stage. Seven thousand people at the stage every day. Wow. She was still dating Travi from gym class, yeah. who we toured with gym class. And they loved us. So Travi every day would drag her to watch our set. <laughs> so we were like, Fucking Katy Perry's watching the set there. Like, nice. Yeah. It was it was mad to like sharing the same stage as Katy Perry blowing up do and actually bring me were blowing up at the same time. They came on halfway through the tour and so Beat Union used to play to no one <laughs> right yep. we played to like a hundred kids who were waiting for Alassane's scrims to come out
5: oh, <laughs> scrims. <laughs> <laughs> scrims.
0: literally we would hear cheers I and we'd be like people like, like us and then we'd see their scrims coming out I did the exactly uh, same when we did we did Warped with you
5: after you were on yeah. that as well I was there I came yeah. to see you because yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Alexis and, and Seussin were on it and um, we went on one day in Texas and there must have been a thousand kids waiting and we were like are we just fucking big in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is bigger than this is four times bigger than the UK. That's massive. <laughs> no, there was people waiting for a moor who were on after us. I was like, so you imagine my fucking pl- like, I had the stupid blonde as well, <laughs> Campus Christmas, <laughs> chubby as fuck. Just you we go, I right, with the black and South Wales and they just want a well. like they just me to <laughs> What eat. the fuck did he just say? Yeah. 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 Was that a drop? Rodri- was that a drogy term to women? No. He said oh, I'm not interested something I'm He not not said interested. something like Mother the Binsful. Like <laughs> and then South Wales. Like I don't know what he said, man. <laughs> South the Wales. Where are the Wales? <laughs> where New Mexico? Yeah. It, it's um, a,
0: it's an experience. I'm yeah. glad you guys got to do that because obviously it's not around anymore then yeah. and, and I, I got to experience Warp Tour in two states, obviously like Beat Union doing the whole tour with no crew in a van and trailer and yeah. every single person every day saying, you're still alive, <laughs> right? Um, but luckily we had Kevin liked us and would give us gas cards and Lisa Brownlee, who's an absolute She's diamond, awesome. run it. Yeah. she would look after us and, and Damon Atkinson. Um, but then also like later in 2012, doing half the tour with Profits mm. in a bus with a crew I was like, oh, so this is what it's like <laughs> yeah, to be comfortable on warp Tour. Oh, we're going to go to the gym every day and work out. Cool. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? Nice. So, <clears throat> but yeah, that's uh, that's one of the things that I'm really proud of that I got the chance to do, as I'm sure you are, you know. Warp Tour is that like British dream. You're
5: like that big American tour. that goes you, all, all, you, know, you know you know. When, you when know. I was a kid, like, you know, you'd have people singing about the warp Tour and you'd be yeah. like, oh, what the fuck is this? Mm. Mental. And then we got to do yeah. it and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, we played a nobody. We played one gig, right? in I want to say it's Maine and the Maine were playing or something nice. like that and uh, Craig Jennings who was our new manager at the time from Raw Power yeah. literally watched us and he was the only person Oh, oh. <laughs> nice Shit. so we're like oh we're going to impress our new manager here yeah. Oh, it's Justin. Sing this line back to me, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> you sure I'm <laughs> <now>? <laughs> We're in a good place. That's not <laughs> the Linux game. It's just a sentence you say every week to a deadline to us. We're in a good place. <laughs> We're in a good oh, place. Oh. BCFC. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, it, it was
0: it was a treat doing warp to bro. Well, I do apologise. I've actually got oh, to go and load in. That's all, all right. It's all no, no, it's it's all thank all you for thank taking you the for time. I it's been a pleasure seeing you. I'm absolutely honoured
5: that you would have me on here. So thank you very much. And I love the podcast. Let's do a part thinking? two where you fill us in with some amen stories because yes. I'm sure there's some stories. Casey, man, I will, I will... Yeah, listen, I'm happy to fill you in like after the gig if there's some yeah. time
0: if you want to try and pick up <laughs> if you're around. But yeah, whatever, man. There's plenty of Casey stories um, and, you know, the... the I've had quite a fucking life, haven't I? Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah definitely. Well, I've there's some stories, mad some stories you've told on this I think a lot of people are not going to even realise yeah. stuff like that, so it's going to well, be the, a good... Actually, the band uh, Call Me More. so
0: the guitarist is um, was a big Amen fan. He came up to me and was like, I don't expect that question. I expect. Were you in No Devotion, or were you in Last? If, yeah. if the person's trying to be polite, were you in No Devotion? Yes, I was in Last Prophets. <laughs> or if, the person, if the person is like completely oblivious, were you the drummer in Last Prophets? Yeah. <laughs> um, but he was like, Are "You in Amen?" I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "Did you do that tour with the Cairo cult I was like, "And minus." You remember minus? Yeah, oh. fucking bunch of Vikings. <laughs> yeah, yeah Iceland. Yeah, and yeah. and, and, uh, <laughs> and, he, and he, he was like, uh, <laughs> he Fuck was God. like, fucking hell, and I was like yeah fucking hell i wasn't expecting that mm-hmm. <laughs> so yes i will absolutely
3: give you stories oh, yeah. on that so you yeah. just let me know when it's a slow week <laughs> oh, i'll, uh, yeah. no, I'll hop in when you guys are back over as well it'd be great to have you and lee like kind of talk little yeah man lee, like that, would so. no, yeah. lee
0: would love to get on no they would love to get on i wasn't gonna be presumptuous and just be like oh Lee, get in but you know <laughs> so yeah I, honestly it's an honor thank you and i'm Not so glad yeah. that you guys are doing this because i feel like it's given a light to a lot of you know Bands and also a yeah. voice, like you know what I mean. We've been hit up about, do you want to do this documentary about the five of you? And it's like, not really. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, not. Would rather probably leave it in the past. But like this, this format, you know, with some friends and. You know, you know who we are, hmm. and you understand where we came from and what we're about. You know yeah. what I mean. So I, th- I, I think it's a real nice platform for that. And you know, I've honestly I've discovered new bands on here as well. So, oh, so you cool. know, it's thank it's you. a wicked it's wicked you. what you're doing. So oh, I, you. I, shall keep plugging away. Yes, and, uh, you guys, you please keep plugging away. We'll try. We we'll try. We <laughs> but uh, yeah, <laughs> have a
5: good one tonight. Yeah, Thanks, yeah. man. Thanks yeah. for him, looking
3: forward on. to uh, hearing these new
0: low yeah. life songs when they eventually come out. We get the fucking Raiders Low Life's tour announced ASAP. You guys talk to Bob. Talk to Bob yeah, Make sure he's Closed his fucking yeah. schedule <laughs> 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 Clear <laughs> his
5: schedule, Bob <laughs> We're in a prayer. Definitely, let's do it All
0: right, all right so do right, so properly
3: days. Sapnin! Sapnin! Yes. <laughs> yes! Cheers, boys
5: You're listening to Sapnin Podcast?
3: Yes! Luke Johnson Episode 72 Sapnin Podcast What a wonderful human he is
4: What a treat for my eyes, ears and soul When I saw him Oh, what a lovely, lovely fella tell you what mate right? he can bloody play the drums
3: yeah well he said he was um more of a hard hitter but he's like watching him over the years play the drums i think i literally think he's one of my favorite drummers to watch because he just puts in so much like showmanship behind the kit
4: yeah oh yeah he's so animated he's um he's absolutely fabulous and uh, yeah what a drummer what a drummer
3: yeah and there's some mad stories he's just came out with as well like especially Tekken for like AFI Panic at the Disco Alexis on Fire and all that and some of like the life events that came with it find out is he used do his first child over there and everything like that and that story about Profits doing the Ryder Cup Yeah I still I really want to see Mike Lewis and Shirley Bassey I want to see these photos or like I want to see them together in some capacity you now
4: I'm going to go on YouTube after this and I'm going to find that. Um, and I suggest listeners do too, unless they haven't listened to any other episodes of this and you want to go back and have a listen to some of your favorite bands talk shit with us two numpties.
3: Yeah. And of course, if you haven't already, go back and check out the episodes with Stuart Richardson of No Devotion and Lost Prophet's fame, uh, where he talks everything for the very first time. And of course, No Devotion's Jeff Rickley is also a previous guest of the
4: podcast. Yes, yes, he was. Lovely, lovely Jeff. Oh, while we're on the subject of Jeff and Stu, I noticed um, Thursday have had um, their old merch made into, ice, uh, made into masks. Um, congratulations to them. If you check out Thursday on Instagram, I think it's just after Thursday or maybe after Thursday band. Um, yeah, you can see when they go on sale. And when you buy some, um, the money goes back into getting more personal protection, equipment for nurses and getting more masks made. So... Definitely check
3: that out. Yeah, and if you're checking things out as well, make sure to uh, give a listen to Low Lives' new single "Hey You" and their EP "Burn Forever." As uh, Luke mentioned, there's loads of things on the horizon coming very, very soon. Hopefully, uh, as well. And um, yeah, just one last bit I just wanted to, to mention about that interview as too is like you know we touched on you know the lost prophets days and and how hard it is sometimes to some of the biggest achievements he's ever had as a drummer or as a musician. You can't really open up to everyone about it because of the, yeah. to obviously the stigma surrounding the band. But like we've said on previous episodes, we've talked about it with Stu and whatnot, but like if it wasn't for lost profits, there's such an important band to both of our lives. There's so many listeners, so many other bands in the scene. Like, yeah, obviously with everything that happened, but don't forget how important that band was.
4: Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, when when Luke said about like these things, you know, he can't, you, he can't brag about this. I was like, oh yeah, I just realised that like, I I was asked to do guest vocals on that song, "Everyday Combat," on um, "Liberation Transmission," and um, I'm technically on a number one album. Hmm. Exactly.
3: Yeah, number one, <laughs> number one setting album.
4: Yeah. Uh but yes, yeah, yeah, it's not something that you can openly brag about because yeah. Um,
3: but of course just a pleasure to speak to luke about everything and i'm really excited about the future of low lives now
4: yes thank you very much to luke and the rest of luke's bandmates who um made time and room for us uh to do the chat and um i know i think was the bassist was trying to sleep while i was laughing my head off so uh yeah very very sorry to low lives but also thank you very much
3: we did repay him in a way because we were their roadies for like 20
4: minutes that is true, yeah. I did carry something for somebody else's band. I have been known to do that in the past as well. It's just, when a frontman of your own band, it's not up to you, like, I didn't... <laughs> yeah. Hey, you chose to play guitar. I didn't. I am so sorry for you. No. <clears throat> but yeah, thank you very much to Low Lives. We had a great time. And um, yeah, hopefully they come over soon and Low Lives and Raiders can do some shows together.
3: Yes, I'd love to see that. Uh, and of course, make sure you are keeping up to date with everything going on in the world of Sapnin' Podcast via our social media pages on Twitter and Instagram. That's at Sapnin' Pod. But Sean's going to tell you the spelling because he's much better at it than I am
4: at S A W P E N I N P O D. that's at S A W P E N I N P O D. and of
3: course in this weird time we're not stopping making these podcasts we've got a couple in the bag now and as you can hear we're doing everything remotely but if you'd like to give back in any way to help us make these things even easier and better uh, in these weird weird times please head over to patreon.com forward slash sapnin there's loads of different tiers and rewards and stuff you can get back but of course as i mentioned earlier everything gets you into our loving community and everyone's just having a great time over there hanging out with each other having a laugh sharing stories funny jokes videos memes it's just a great great thing where we want you to get involved so patreon.com forward slash sapnin
4: please yes yes what a community and what a bunch of beautiful people we've brought together so thank you very much to everybody who's part of it so far but I believe we've got some special elite members of the Patreon we need to thank now more. We do, Sean.
3: So if you head over to the description of this episode, there's loads of names, like loads of names we, that we need to say a thank you to. But Sean is going to give a massive shout out to the elite members of our Patreon community. Those are the top tiers and those names are the ones that follow.
4: Thank you very much to Mayumi. Kylie, that bitch, Carol fucking Baskins, Wheeler. <laughs> oh, here we go. Mitch Perry, Amy, wake me up when Corona ends, Chilvers. <laughs> it's all about, he said, she said, Mo Dick, Emma Barber, Shani had those apple bottom jeans, boots with the fur, with the fur, Danny and Gingy, Amadine Obano, Janelle Castan, June Peacock Styles, Samantha Spray, Dilly Banana Bread, Sauce Grimwoods, Nathan Crawshaw, Kelly Young, proud parent of Show Dizzle, and Mo Dick the Goldfish. Kelly Ewing, Scarlett, like a harlot, but not, and definitely not Charlotte, Charlton. <laughs> These people are going mad. Katie Puttack, Simon Amos, Jenny Munster, Kate Stevenson, Amy Crispy Pork Cheeks, Campion, Emily Senegals, Lucy Beards, Moe Dick, Defender of the Sheepshaggers, that's not you, Martina McManus, Erin Howard, John and Emma, James Oakley, Louie Cook, Marcy Jacobson, the Mima Team Dream, nice one, Kieran. Sarah Stewart, Jordan Burchard, Mike Cunningham, Jamie O'Janey, Paddy the Magnificent, Carl Pendlebury, Kelly Cannon, Libby Cropper, Paul Irshfield, James McNaught, Lydia Henderson, Chester Knows The Way, <laughs> Amy Thomas, Scott is giving up for Lent Jones, Tallulah Grant, Stuart McNaught, Tony, 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 Tony Michael, Jenny Robertson, Jamie Bloor, Sarah, how do we make a bandstand take away their chase? Oh,
0: Jesus Christ.
4: Craig Harris, and last but no means least, L. Douglas. Thank you very much to those people. Yeah! That came out of nowhere. (laughs) You can't see me! Sorry! (laughs) Yeah! Yeah, thank you very much to those people. We love you all dearly, and it was super good to um, put some uh, moving names to faces with the Zooms that we did with some people last week as well. So, um, yeah, thanks to all those people. Thank you guys for listening. If you haven't checked, if this, is, if this is your first time checking us out, please check out the other other 71 episodes that we've done so far. 72, technically, because we did a bonus episode as well. Um, so, yeah, please check those out. Thank you very much.
3: Yes, and, of course, thank you again to all those beautiful names and everyone in the Patreon. Um, I just realised we mentioned uh, AFI quite a bit in the episode with Luke, and they'll yes. be performing at 2000 Trees Festival.
4: Yes. So if you want to head yes.
3: over to their website to check out the lineup for this year, uh, you can actually get 10% off all your tickets with the code SAPME. So head over to 2000 uk forward slash tickets, enter the promotional code SAPME, and you get 10% off all of your tickets. Uh, we have been told by the festival that at it stands at the point of recording. They're still hoping to have the event in this July, but they have looked at alternative ways of uh, putting on the festival sometime later on in the year if government guidelines um, tell them that they have to move.
4: you oh, have to bring the bloody government and misery into it again, didn't you But yeah, check out 2003 festival.co.uk forward slash tickets and use the code S A P M E like you said, s a w p m e. Sap me for ten percent off all tickets. Thank you very much for two thousand trees for having us. We're hopefully going to be opening up every day. And my band, my band, we are. And my band, ra- my band, ra- <laughs> and my band uh, Raiders will be playing as well. So yeah, and I cannot wait to see AFI. So. Amazing. Check it out.
3: Fan bloody-tastic. Now, before we go, we need the word of the week. I know what I want it to be, but Sean, I'm going to let you pick because you picked. That's the standard. No,
4: go on. No, go on. If you've got a word, you go.
3: Well, I was going to say, Carol Baskins is a bitch.
4: Ah, is she? Allegedly. Do you know what? I haven't seen minute one of Tiger King, Tiger Prone King, King Prone Tiger, whatever his name is, right? I haven't watched any of it but I know exactly everything that's happened. I don't even know this, Carol Baskins, but she's definitely a bitch, and she definitely killed her husband by rubbing sardine oil over. I know, I haven't seen it.
3: Allegedly, allegedly, Alleg- allegedly. I haven't seen oh, it either, oh, yeah. oh, just yeah, Allegedly, case.
4: allegedly, allegedly. Yeah, because you never know. She's probably a big fan. Um, hashtag Carol Baskins, then. Oh, wait. Uh, it's got to be Tiger, Sa- Tiger Sampment, no, Tiger King, Tiger, uh, Sampning King, Sampning King. Sapnin king Sap- I don't know Morg Go with whatever you want But I, I'm giving up um,
3: Hashtag Carol Baskin For Sapnin Sapnin for Baskin Yeah here we go We got there in the end Sapnin Do for- you know
4: what let's become the first people to say carol baskins isn't a bitch actually right <laughs> so hashtag sap, for baskins. sap for baskins
3: yeah so put that in all your instagram stories <laughs> sharing it tweeting it please get it around show everyone in the entire universe uh, this podcast Aww. thing would be very much appreciated anything
4: else you want to mention
3: before we get off this now
4: Uh, No, this has been an experience. This is the first one we've tried where we've not been near each other. I don't like it. Um, I miss, um, I miss your aura and your being near me. Oh, I didn't expect that. It's all right. I imagine when we see each other within five minutes, that'll change. Yeah, probably. um, I'll probably say something stupid.
3: But thank you, everyone, for listening. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for the support. We love you very much. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Look after each other. Join the Patreon. Have a barbecue when this is all over. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. And most importantly, check out Raiders Band UK on Instagram, Aww. Twitter, and Facebook.
4: Oh, that's very, very kind of you. I'm gonna start saying nice things to you before the end, so you always plug my band. Aww. Thank you, Morgan. Right. Nice one, ever. Satin! Sapmin!
5: You're listening to Savlin' Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't, I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, Thank you very much.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.